We meet today in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 13 to verse 34. We're talking about the happiness of finding wisdom. You see, when you discover your wisdom, you become a happy man. The Bible says, happy is the man who finds wisdom and the man who gains understanding. Proverbs 3, verse 13. You see, happy is the man who finds Christ. Why? Because Christ has been made our wisdom. He is wisdom for us today. For her proceeds are better than the profits of silver, and her gain than fine gold. Proverbs 3, verse 14. Now wisdom is portrayed as having a school. The characterization is feminine because she is in contrast to the stranger woman. And we are told her proceeds are better than the profits of silver and her gain than fine gold. Proverbs 3 verse 15 and 16. She is more precious than rubies and all the things you may desire cannot compare with her. Length of days is in her right hand. In her left hand, riches and honor. You see, investors are always looking to take profits on their financial investments. But scripture tells us of an investment for which the profits outstrip anything that one could make in gold or silver. An investment in wisdom. How we send our children to school. How we all try to train them and give them skills so that they can make money. How many of us actually prepare ourselves and our children and our families to gain wisdom. In the Old Testament, God actually did promise long life for those who served him. Proverbs 3 verse 17 and 18. Her ways are ways of pleasantness and all her parts are peace. She is a tree of life to those who take hold of her, and happy are all who retain her. Now, it requires a study and effort and time to grasp the word of God. The Spirit of God does not open the word of God actually to lazy minds, but to those who are alert and who want to learn and know the will of God and the word of God. One of the great problems today is that many people are not willing to make the sacrifice to study the word of God. Many lazy people just are full of religious jargon and religious platitudes, empty theological statements, yet they are lazy to study God's word. Many people have developed a neat little vocabulary that sounds good and covers up a woeful ignorance of the word of God. You sometimes hear these statements coming out as people pray. In these days, there is no excuse, my friend, for being ignorant of the word of God. It requires hard work, it is true, but the ways of wisdom are ways of pleasantness, and all her parts are peace. Isn't that what your goal should be? She is a tree of life to those who take hold of her. And happy are all who retain her, who keep her. Proverbs 3, verse 19 and verse 20. The Lord by wisdom founded the earth. By understanding, he established the heavens. 
By his knowledge, the depths were broken up and clouds dropped down the dew. Now, one of the most fundamental and far-reaching truths of Scripture is that God is the creator of the universe. Unlike his father David before him, Solomon realized the significance of this truth. He affirmed it early in Proverbs in order to emphasize that true wisdom is not of human origin, but comes straight from the Lord who made all things. An important implication of God being the creator is that he is king over all the people of the world. In wisdom, he has brought every person into existence. That is according to Psalm 33 verse 15. Therefore, everyone owes ultimate allegiance to the Lord, an allegiance that transcends family, tribal, ethnic, or national claims. It is not that these things are unimportant, they have their place, but wisdom says that each of us needs to fear the Lord first and foremost. The fear of the Lord is spoken of in Proverbs 1 verse 7, which is regarded as the beginning of knowledge. Anyone can follow God's ways and everyone is accountable to the Creator. Is that the wisdom that you are pursuing, my friend, or you are pursuing the wisdom of this world, which does not enrich, which does not build, which does not give long life? Proverbs 3 verse 21, My son, let them not depart from your eyes. Keep sound wisdom and discretion. Let them not depart from your eyes. You see, the word them refers to God's knowledge. And the son is urged, the words of the Lord, do not let the knowledge of God depart from your eyes. Wisdom and discretion, do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them before you. So there will be life to your soul and grace to your neck. Proverbs 3 verse 22. You see, life and grace come through this wisdom of studying the word of God. Then you will walk safely in your way, and your foot will not stumble. You will lie down, you will not be afraid. Yes, you will lie down, and your sleep will be sweet. Oh, this is amazing. Today many has many fears about life. These fears come to all of us. What is the solution? The word of God is the answer. Some of us actually lose sleep since we spend most of our time either walking or lying down. The assurance here given is that we will walk safely and our sleep shall be sweet. You don't need a sleeping pill, my friend. You need the word of God to give you good sleep. You need the wisdom of God to give you good sleep. How wonderful it is to discover that the truth of God will hold us. It is not that you and I hold the truth, but the truth will hold us. Proverbs 3, verse 25 to verse 26. Do not be afraid of sudden terror, nor of trouble from 
the wicked when it comes, for the Lord will be your confidence and will keep your foot from being caught. These verses can be a great help to people who fear even flying. Some people always think that when they sit there in a plane, the plane will fall. They think that in the next minute, there will be nose diving. Actually, these verses are great encouragement. Take them with you when you travel by plane if you use that mode of transportation a great deal. You see, it says, do not be afraid of sudden terror, nor of trouble from the wicked when it comes. For the Lord will be your confidence. Is the Lord your confidence? You see, he will keep your foot from being caught. Don't live as if someone is always after you. Do not be afraid of sudden terror. Don't be afraid of the next minute. God is taking care of me at the present moment and he will take care of me in the next moment. Why worry of what will happen just in case the next moment we collapse, just in case the next moment an earthquake happens, just in case the robbers come. Put your confidence in the Lord. For the Lord will be your confidence and will keep your foot from being caught. Now, this is a marvelous proverb that we are coming to. In fact, there are several of them. Several of them will come. Do not withhold good from those to whom it is due. When it is in the power of your hand to do so, do not say to your neighbor, go and come back and tomorrow I will give it. When you have it with you. Proverbs 3 verse 27 and verse 28. Well, this is very interesting to see the thoughts that are coming. The idea that is communicated is, you see a needy person coming even into your area. You do have a little bit of money and you just send them away so that they will come not at this appropriate time. In other words, do the good service that you should be doing now. You should do it now. Many people would even claim that they will support this program, the radio program, and they will tell us that we should count on them. And really, that is good to hear the, the promises. But do we have to wait until their sleep comes in? Well, some who may even make the promises have bank accounts and they could write their checks immediately. You see, the reason I'm using this as an illustration is because I hear so many people say that. But people use the same excuses in all relations of life. They say to others, I can't help you right now, but you come back tomorrow. And then they have the money in their pocket. We are told in Romans 13 verse 8, Oh, no man anything but to love one another. This kind of love reveals whether a man is a child of God or not. When you can do good today, do it today. Don't say you will do it tomorrow, for you do not know whether you are able to do it tomorrow. If you have to give to the Lord, give to him now. If you have to show kindness, show kindness today. If you have to give someone a drink, give them a drink today. Don't say, I will give them tomorrow. Do you know that when you and I owe money to another person, that money we have is not ours. It belongs to that man. To use it 
for our own purposes is actually dishonesty. That is what the writer here is saying. And this is wisdom. Do not withhold good from those to whom it is due when it is in the power of your hand to do so. Do not say to your neighbor, go and come back and tomorrow I'll give it when you have it with you there. Act now. Do not devise evil against your neighbor, for he dwells by you for safety's sake. Proverbs 3 verse 29. You see, in relationship to your neighbor, don't do things that would be to your advantage and to his disadvantage. Do things that cause all of you to be happy. How wonderful it is to have a neighbor say to you, I am going to be gone for a few days. Will you sort of keep an eye on my house? That gives you an opportunity to reveal your relationship to God in a very practical way. You are a good neighbor. Do not strive with a man without cause if he has done you no harm. Proverbs 3 verse 30. Actually, under the Mosaic law, it was a sin to strive with a person without adequate grounds. Under grace we are told, Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. Romans 12 verse 19. You see, we leave the pathway of faith and trust in God when we take the matters in our own hands. If we have been treated unjustly, we should turn the matter over to God and let him deal with the situation and with the individual involved. He will actually do a good job, I can guarantee that. I have learned over a period of many years as a minister of the gospel that if someone does harm you, you should go to God about it. Let him know that you have been hurt. Then turn the one who has hurt you over to God. Tell the Lord, this is your business. You said that you would take care of it. I've watched over a period of years, and I can say that God does deal with such people. These proverbs are wonderful, and they are true, my friend. They are helpful not only for the young men, but also for the old men, and for women and girls. They apply to the whole human race, to the whole family, if you like. Do not envy the oppressor and choose none of his ways. Proverbs 3 verse 31. You see, the oppressor is the violent man. And here is, do not envy the violent man. Do not choose his ways. The counsel given to a young man now out into the world. For the perverse person is an abomination to the Lord, but his secret counsel is with the upright. God abhors. He does not like a perverse person, but he gives his secret counsel to the one who is upright in a world that has so much confusion, that has many enemies, the counsel is given to the upright. Do not envy the oppressor. Do not choose any of his ways. There are certain people who are actually an abomination to the Lord 
In fact, later on in this book, we will find that some of the things God hates, he mentions them here in Proverbs. We will be getting to that. He hates perverse people. The curse of the Lord is on the house of the wicked, but he blesses the home of the just. Proverbs 3, verse 33. The wicked are the lawless, and this proverb reminds me of King Ahab. He was the most wicked of the kings of Israel. The Lord certainly judged the house of Ahab. This proverb fits him like a glove. Like I said earlier on, you'll find that these proverbs fit into certain personalities. Surely he scorns the scornful, but gives grace to the humble. Proverbs 3 verse 34. God seems to hate the scorner, the arrogant, and the conceited person. And we are told, he gives grace to the humble. Humble yourself, therefore, under the mighty arm of the Lord, and he will lift you up in due season. The wise shall inherit glory, but shame shall be the legacy of fools. What a statement. Proverbs chapter 3 verse 35. Attention is once again directed to the practice of wisdom. The man who would live well must be a good neighbor. Jesus exhorted his disciples to make themselves friends with the mammon of unrighteousness in Luke 16 verse 9, remembering that they were stewards of all that God had given. The poor and the neighbor are to be specific objects of that stewardship. The good neighbor meets his obligation does not take advantage of an unsuspecting neighbor, avoids the arousing of trouble with a man who has done him no harm, and does not envy the man who has gotten his gain through the practice of violence. The perverse are an abomination to the Lord, but the righteous are those to whom he conveys his secrets, literally, there are those in whom he has confidence, those with whom he has fellowship and enjoys unity. It is a great honor for a man to belong to the house of the Lord, to the house of Yahweh. Yahweh's case dwells in the house of the wicked. Shem lifts the scorner up. And as he rises in his shame, God sweeps him with the scorn off the stage of human history and into hell. This is the promotion of fools. Through the centuries, there are many people who envy the rich, and many have discovered, as did the psalmist, that God judges the rich. My friend, why do you envy the evil? Why do you envy riches that are amassed through evil means? Give God what he is due. God will reward you when you honestly work with your hands and there is nothing that will be blamed for it. 
May God encourage us and guide us in this life to be wise as this young man who got the instruction from the Father who cared about him. Our Father in heaven cares about us so much. This is why he speaks through his word in this manner. For centuries, wisdom has been calling out from the gates, from the corners of the streets, out in the public places, come to me, come to my school and learn. My friend, let's keep on learning. You can have copies of the notes and outlines used for these Living Word for Africa programs so you can follow them as you listen. For your copies, please write to the Living Word for Africa, P.O. Box 4232, Kempton Park 1620, South Africa. Please say which book of the Bible you want them for and be sure to include your name and contact information. Let me give you that address again. It's the Living Word for Africa, P.O. Box 4232, Kempton Park, 1620, South Africa.